From the newsroom of the Bryant College Station Eagle, this is the Brazos Sports Press Cast. And now, the Eagle High School Sports Team, Alex Miller and Jake Weiss. What's going on, everyone? You're listening to the Brazos Sports Preps Cast, a podcast about high school football here in the Brazos Valley. I'm Alex Miller with the Eagle, joined always by Jake Weiss, the Eagles high school sports reporter. Jake, the Brazos Valley, they're perfect 3-0 last week. You had College Station, Burton, and Franklin all moving on to the state semifinals. And uh, you got one more week for the big one. See if, see if these three teams can make it. Yeah, and we've got an action-packed show to... Uh Prove. I mean, it was a three and zero big week. Uh, my hair's a little might look a little gray to some people. Those games had me stressed, but uh, we got a big show. I think to reflect that uh, attitude in uh, one week to go, like you said. Yeah, big show in store today. Uh, we're gonna have Matt Step from Dave Campbell's Texas Football on. He's gonna join to discuss the state semifinals here in the Brazos Valley. And Robert Cessna, he's gonna join as well to discuss a little bit about the resignation of Anum Consolidated coach Lee Fedora and where the Tigers might turn to. Now, that, that that was a little overshadowed last week by some of these crazy games, but certainly a big big deal in the in the coaching ranks, especially here locally. Yeah, no, I have to say uh, I didn't expect it. I don't know about you, but it uh, came as a surprise to me, and it came on, uh, what, a Friday? Friday it came yeah. Friday, yeah, so... Uh, that was, yeah, like you said, kind of lost in the shuffle a little bit. But, uh, yeah, no, where do they go next? I'm well, excited for that segment with Cease. I want to know what's going to happen. So stay tuned for that. We're going to have all kinds of discussion about where the Tigers are headed and how Coach Fedora's time at Consol is going to be remembered. But first, Jake, we were on the edge of our seats. I don't know about you, I was, <laughs> for not only Friday's game between Franklin and Columbus. I know you were covering Burton yeah. versus Granger, but we were both there for College Station's just last-second stonewall win over Smithson Valley. So let's look back at a little bit of the action and look ahead to this week's games as well. So uh, College Station, they stuffed Smithson Valley on the final play for a 26-21 win over the Rangers. I mean, what a game in Pflugerville, right? College Station senior linebacker Harrison Robinson, he stood up Smithson Valley's David DeHoyos for the for the win. Uh Rangers face fourth and goal from the one with two seconds left, and that was the final play of the game, Jake. Yeah, and I mean, really, that whole drive, I thought, was just play after play. You're just thinking, oh, what, what's going to happen next? I mean, the whole last, what, 44 seconds of the game? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Felt like 44 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I just couldn't get over it. Like, just seemed like, I think, you, I remember looking back at your story and watching it live. It was, what, seven plays? This drive was a seven-play yeah, drive? Yeah, seven plays. Now, granted, Smithson Valley spiked the ball three times, so they really yeah. only ran, like, four real plays. But, man, just every time, just, uh, like you said, it seemed like an hour. I mean, it just kept, like, the little ticks on the clock just seemed hours to me, like you said. I just couldn't couldn't get over that. Jake, what stood out to you about just that sequence of events? Uh, you know, really just the biggest thing for me was just, man, College Station's defense. I mean, I know that's kind of a, kind of a silly takeaway, but, man, that defense just stood them up. Uh, you know, I was kind of a little nervous for them there when they got the uh, – because if you remember on that drive, uh, I think it was maybe a, they were on a third down. Uh, they get that face mask penalty. Right. Yeah, that right. pushes them up uh, to, what, half a distance to yeah, the goal? Yeah, about the five or the six. I think it was like the five. Yeah, they, they spot them at the five, so they get a whole fresh set of downs. Uh, you're already kind of thinking, all right, well, well, shoot, you know, how are they going to respond to that? 
I mean, yeah, they. I think next play maybe was a spike. I'm kind of misremembering the events in my head here, but regardless, I was real worried about after that kind of where are they going to go from this because, you know, that's a big momentum killer. I mean, you had them almost off the field or at least forced to go for it on fourth down. Then they get a whole new fresh set of downs. But credit to the defense, man. They, they did it again. They stood them up again, and, you know, this time no penalties and took care of business. You know, you wrote your column about the College Station defense and just the growth that that unit's had over the year. You know, you talked with uh, the defensive coordinator, Chance Locklear. You talked with, you know, we talked with Harrison Robinson after the game. Just can share a little bit just, you know, how that unit has grown over the season. Yeah, the biggest thing, and I thought this was re really uh, just a great way to put it from Coach Lock. Uh, he said, you know, hey, when we break out in the huddle, our group, defense as a whole, we go uh, family on, uh, no, sorry, we go team on three, family on six. I thought that was a really good way of putting it. You know, if you're a little confused there, what he kind of just meant was, you know, hey, this group's really grown from not just teammates, not just buddies in the locker room, but to a family. Uh, and that really showed, I mean, like that whole drive, that whole last 44 seconds, and really the whole game too. I mean, uh, for the most part, I thought College Station, I don't want to say kept Smithson Valley in check, but, you know, for the most part, for most of the game, though, we never really saw too many big plays. You know, it wasn't like a, hey, 45-yard pass down the field. Uh, for the most part, you know, really the defense kind of stuck together. And, you know, even when they did make mistakes, they quickly responded or rebounded. Because, uh, I mean, well, they had, what, two turnovers, two interceptions, and then they have a fumble recovery as well. Yeah, I want to uh, – now I'm slipping my mind. I feel like they did. Yeah, so, I mean uh, – but regardless, I mean, you know, at least to me, I don't know if you felt the same way, but I felt like any time they gave up a big play, they, they made up for it. Right. You know, you're absolutely right. Uh, they, they definitely did. And so, you know, what's crazy, too, is in last year's state title game, it, it came down to could College Station stop Katie Pato at the one-yard line? They couldn't. So this time around, faced with a very similar situation, season on the line, uh, de not a championship on the line, but your championship hopes on the line. They get the job done this time around against Smithson Valley. And uh, coincidentally, College Station the last two years has won the region final game by a score of 26-21. <laughs> they beat Denton Ryan by the same score last year. So what a what an interesting coincidence. Maybe it's not a coincidence. I don't know. But, um, hey, now College Station, they're one game away from playing for a state championship for the second straight season. Cougars are going to face Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial. That's a mouthful, Jake. <laughs> in the state semifinal at 5 o'clock on Saturday in San Antonio at the Alamo Dome. <gasps> I need a breath. But uh, should say that three times. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. No, but for real, the, the Eagles, they're legit, Jake. They're 12-2. They're and two. They were 7-0 and oh in District 14, 5A Division One. Their two losses were in non-district play on the road. One was to New Braunfels Canyon, who beat uh, – no, uh, excuse me. Uh, New Braunfels beat Denton Ryan. I, I was confused there for a second. And then El Campo, of course, they have Ruben Owens, five-star running back. Uh, and so what's interesting, too, Veterans Memorial, kind of in a similar situation to College Station. They're kind of a young school that's had a lot of success. They've been to at least the fourth round for the last three seasons. So this isn't a, this is no Cinderella program. These guys have been here before, and they're looking to make their first state championship game, though. Yeah, and something else that you kind of talked about just then was with them being similar. Another thing that I kind of looked up that I thought was a little interesting, and I'm going to talk with their coach and also Coach Pryor later this week, 
but you know, uh, their coach uh, Ben Bittner, I want to say that that that's, should be how you pronounce it. If I'm wrong, I apologize, their coach. But uh, he's also an offensive coordinator. Uh, he, this is his second year as head coach, and then uh, looked it up, read a bit about his background today, and he was four years there at a, as an offensive coordinator, then got promoted last year. And then, like you said, it's taken them to playoffs, deep runs in the playoffs before. So kind of curious, too, if those two maybe uh, not necessarily are friends or anything, but might know each other a little bit just because, you know, kind of similar paths between Coach Pryor and Coach Bittner. Yeah, so, you know, Jake, I think you talked with uh, Isaiah Pinnegraff earlier this week. You know, just from him, you know, what 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 are the Cougars kind of focusing on as they, they head into this game? Yeah, so uh, as of the day we're recording this, uh, it's Tuesday. Uh, you know, it's still a little early in the week. Uh, I talked to them last week kind of, you know, because similar to last week, this is in our Saturday game, like you said. Um, kind of an interesting thing they do is Monday, they, I talked to Coach Pryor about this. Uh, Monday is kind of their bonus day. It's kind of just a day, especially here in the playoffs, just to get kind of the guys, you know, stretch them out a little bit at practice. It's a shorter practice, and they do a couple things to get ready for that week's game. But really today will be the day where they really kind of hit the ground running, you know, because they have an extra day to get ready for. They're not playing on Friday. Um, So really I talked to both of them or talked to Isaiah about it. Um, You know, nothing really crazy yet. He didn't know too much about them, but, you know, just going off of what we did talk about, he's excited. Um, yeah, Alamo Dome's a big stadium. I mean, UTSA, they play all their games there. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, they're just excited just about, at least for Isaiah, he's just real excited to be playing in that game. Uh, it's a big stage. But, you know, the Cougars have been here before. They're not backing down. You know, he wasn't saying, hey, we're nervous or this is too intimidating. But, you know, he's just excited to be playing in a big stadium, big atmosphere, and who knows, maybe big crowd too. Yeah. Uh, we'll be there on Saturday, so uh, looking forward to that one. Okay, Jake, let's flip, flip gears for a second. Bryson Washington, his late touchdown sent Franklin to the state semifinals with a 24-21 win over to Columbus. Uh, hey, when this year's all said and done, Mark Fanon and the Lions, they're going to remember that last drive against the Cardinals. Okay, Down 4, 4.23 to go. Franklin drove 78 yards in 16 plays, capped by – Washington's seven-yard touchdown run. It was on a reverse, too. A little trickery there. Pulled out that three-point win over Columbus last Friday in Tomball. The Lions winning streak now at 30. They're one game away from playing for a state championship for the third year in a row. They're facing Edna in the state semifinals on Thursday at 7 in Katy. Yeah, we're both (laughs) going to be there, too, for that one, Jake. Well, I got to ask you, man. Walk me through what you were thinking on their final drive. That's what I want to know. Yeah, you know, here's the deal, too. Franklin went ahead by 10 there in that third quarter. I mean, they just they just had a Franklin-esque drive, just drove down the field, churned down the clock, and capped by Bryson Washington, just busted out a 21-yard run. I thought that's where they were going to pull away. I thought Columbus, it was, it was over, and I was very wrong. Columbus came back immediately. They scored like four plays later took less than two minutes. They went ahead and took the lead in the fourth. And I've got to say, the Lions, they hadn't been in a situation like that all season where, you know, they had to come back and win the game in that kind of scenario. And they were so poised. I mean, the the composure that they had on that last drive was something else. And so, you know, Washington's going to get remembered for the touchdown. But really, it was Jaden Jackson's night, okay? He finished – 164 yards on 26 carries. And, you know, Columbus was able to really slow down 
Bryson Washington throughout most of the game. You know, he had a couple of those big runs that helped him get to 100 yards. But, I mean, Franklin's ability to have, you know, if a guy like Washington isn't able to have the big game that he's used to, a guy like Jackson can step up and really, you know, handle the load and and, and get the get the lines to where they need to go. So, you know, uh, it was it was so impressive to see the poise and the composure. And you know, you you talk with Coach Fannin, they don't have any doubt in their mind that they're going to win the game, even when they're losing. <laughs> so I think it and it and it and it and it doesn't come across as an arrogance. It comes across as just pure confidence. And I think that that just winning mentality is what helped them at the end because they were confident that even though they were behind, they could go all the way down the field and win the game, and that's exactly what they did. Well, you know, like you mentioned earlier, that game's gonna, next game is going to be Thursday. The semifinal is going to be against uh, Edna. The Cowboys looking pretty good. 13-1 this season. Uh, they won 14-21 over uh, Lano. Lano last uh, Thursday as well. Uh, you know, their last state semifinal appearance was 2014, so it's been a while for them, but they're here and they're back. Uh, they've lost to Cameron Yo. I want to say in the regular season. Is that right? Or no, was that? No, that was the 2014 That was 2014. Game. Okay, my apologies there. Uh, I got a little confused there. Uh, you know, they've only... Clarify that on the notes. You know, they've only lost... They've only been a one-state title game, too, and that was a real long time ago, 1965. Uh, they lost to Plano. So I guess, Alex, in your opinion, you know, what are kind of the Lions, Franklin's expecting to do here? Uh, what are they kind of looking for Thursday? Yeah, I mean, they... It's pretty simple. They're they're so close to to getting back to that state title game, and you know I think that's something that Coach Fannin is really stressing to his team. Like, hey, you're so close. Like, just keep going. You know, they they have just grown. They have grown accustomed to winning. I mean that that is a winning program there, and so I think that you know taking care of themselves, taking care of their body. I mean, it's a short week for them. They played. They played Friday, and now they're playing Thursday. Edna played last Thursday, so they got an extra day of rest. That was a very physical game against Columbus. I mean, those guys were worn out at the end of the game. You could you could you could really see it on their faces. And so, you know, if if Franklin wants to beat Edna, you know they're they're going to have to be strong on the defensive line. Edna really pushed Lano on the O line last week, and so. That is something that they're going to have to focus in on. So, hey, I'm going to have a feature story on Andrew Elmore later this week. Franklin's senior nose tackle moved over uh, from offense to full-time on defense this year. So uh, let's, check, let's check out a little bit of our conversation with uh, Andrew Elmore. kind of at your season this year you've moved over to defensive line this year can you just kind of take us through that journey and how you kind of went through that transition um I was always kind of a two-way player up until like middle school peewee uh even on JV my freshman year I played both ways uh just kind of trying to get an act for both sides of the ball uh I definitely felt that I was more successful as an offensive lineman uh going into my sophomore year and then I was still the backup nose tackle for our team and round two I'm pretty sure our starter tore his ACL and it's my time I got to step up I have to go in and be able to play at a high level so we can you know 
go and win games. And just since then, I feel like I found something in that spot. Yeah, you know, this year, though, you've been playing mostly defensive line. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yeah, you know, last year you were obviously on the offensive side more so. You know, what's what's that switch been like for you this season, knowing y'all had a need there to, to be filled? Um, I don't think it was a too difficult switch. Uh, you know, I was comfortable on the defensive line, familiar with the position, knew what to do. Um, and we just have great coaches all around. doesn't matter what position you're going to be put in, they're going to give you the tools to succeed. Um, so I feel like especially I've been especially blessed with just people around me who are great playmakers, you know, our linebackers, Braden and Colby, um, Bryson, and obviously, and of course, uh, Major, our defensive end, you know, they're all just playmakers. If you come to a Franklin football game, you're going to hear those names all night. And so I've just been able to kind of sink into my role and play well enough to, to be able to succeed. You know, at what point after last season, whether it was soon after spring ball, going into, you know, two-a-days, did, did you realize that you were actually going to be playing more defense? Um, I think it was – I kind of knew it once the season was over, just kind of realized, you know, I played both ways through the playoffs um, because we had a couple of guys go down with injury, had to be able to fill a spot. Um I just I feel like I I'd been told kind of near the end just like get ready because next year it's all defense. You know I just I knew I knew it wasn't a surprise. <laughs> yeah, you know do do you miss playing offensive line? I mean there's there's a lot of pride in those offensive linemen here in Franklin. Yeah, I definitely miss it being able to go out and block for the superstars we have in our backfield. Uh, but I mean I've been able to get in a couple times in a couple games just you know, short yardage situations going as the extra tackle. And, I mean, I feel like we've been pretty successful in those situations. So it, there's still that sense of pride, kind of hold my head up high. Big thanks to Andrew Elmore for sitting down with us for a couple minutes. Jake, we still got to get to Burton and Mart. But first, let's hear from, let's hear from our friend Matt Stepp, and then let's, let's hear from Robert Cessna. Sound good? Sounds good to me. All right. Well, hey, without further ado, here's our conversation with Dave Campbell's Matt Stepp. Welcome back to the Brazos Sports Preps Cast, everyone. Joining us on the phone now, it's Matt Stepp, Texas High School Football Insider for Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Matt, what's going on? Alex, how are you, sir, man? It's unseasonally warm, and it doesn't feel like it's state semifinal weekend, but here here we are. I I feel like we need a cold front to come through, but I guess we got enough of that the first couple of rounds of the playoffs, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Think about it. This is this is the last week anybody's playing outdoors. It's it's all indoors next week. Climate control. So, uh, you know, thinking, that's right. That's right. Thinking about this week though, is is this one of the toughest weeks of the season since teams are just so close to state? Yeah, every round of the playoffs, it's a little tougher to pick um, because all, you know the teams are all great. They've all won four playoff games at this point in the semifinal round. It's I mean, you're 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 splitting hairs. You're, you got a lot of coin flip type games, and and you know we call it, we call it the, the cruelest round of the playoffs because you know you're one step. You know, if you get to state and you lose, you still got to state. You're still always going to be in the record books. But you know, does anyone does anyone remember who the semifinal teams were? You know, hardly at all. You know, it's kind of one of those things that that you know if you lose in this round, it's really really heartbreaking. So 
this, this is a, a lot of fun, and there'll be a lot of tears and a lot of celebration uh, starting Thursday night. For sure. Well, College Station, they're playing Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial. Franklin, they've got Edna this week. Those are two teams that uh, Brazos Valley fans are probably not as familiar with coming from that Coastal Bend area. You saw both of uh, Veterans Memorial and Edna last week. Just kind of what stood out to you about each of those teams that College Station Franklin fans should be looking out for? Yeah, I guess I'm uniquely suited to talk about these two teams. <laughs> I had the, the fortune to uh, to see Edna on Thursday night in San Marcos when they took down Lano. And uh, the first thing that impressed me about Edna was they have a – they're big. They are a big and physical football team. As they were walking into the locker room pre-game, one of the San Marcos coaches – coaches I was talking to was like they look like a five ace you know they they've got a lot of good looking kids they got good sized um they do have some playmakers on offense you know Jaden Clay the quarterback is a, is a dynamic dual threat player they've got two running backs one one's kind of a scat back one's a bigger back um that also plays linebacker who's really good they've got a good wide receiver who's actually the half brother of uh uh, Ruben Owens, the, the the five-star running back at El Campo, Tyler Owens, who's a two-way starter. So they got a lot of weapons. Uh, defensively, they're big and fast and physical, and their best defensive player didn't even play in the Lano game last week. So he'll be back on Friday night. His name is Otis Santanella. He's a, a defensive tackle that will, I'm sure, will help Edna. So they're, they're, they're big and fast. Um, they don't have the playoff experience that Franklin has. Obviously, this is kind of their first really deep I think they made the third round last year in, in 2021, so this is their first semifinal run in quite some time. Um, so they don't have the, the the playoff experience that Franklin has, and, and they don't have a guy like Bryson Washington either. So very interesting this matchup. I think Franklin comes in as the favorite, um, but I think Edna, much like Columbus did last week, um, does have the capability to, to push Franklin in, in the right scenario, pull the upset. For sure. Um, Corpus Christi Vets um, is a you know they're typically um, a very dynamic offense. They're in their in their short history. They've been a very dynamic offensive team. This year's team is a lot different. They're kind of a gritty, grimy team that's won a lot of close games, lot, gotten it done with defense in a lot of ways. Um, they don't have any real a bunch of superstars on the offensive side of the ball. I guess their quarterback Elijah Durrett, another dual threat guy, is a good player, and their receiver Christian Sabsuk. We had a couple of touchdown catches in their win uh, on Saturday evening. Are, are the kind of their headline players, but I think I think Corpus Christi Vets. This is a, they were they kind of had built a reputation over the years as kind of being soft and being a real flashy team that'll score forty or fifty points on you, but they don't stop a lot of people. And they've kind of flipped the script this year and become more of a defensive kind of oriented team, and, and I think it suited them and helped them uh, in this deep playoff run. Well, you're going to be at that College Station Veterans Memorial game on Saturday. What are you kind of looking to see from 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 the College Station side of things? Um, you know, I want to see. I think College Station is the favorite. Um, you know, typically Region Three in most cases is the favorite over Region Four, and I don't think it's any different this week. I think College Station comes in um, as the favorite. Uh, I think that the key for College Station uh, offensively is just you know, Arrington Maiden, their quarterback, just needs to take care of the football. Um, spread the ball around to the playmakers, make good decisions with the ball. Um, I think, I think they'll ha- they'll be able to run the football. I think they'll need to be they'll need to stick with it because I do think Vets will be able to hang in there a little while. But so I think College Station needs to be consistent with the running game, and then defensively, 
I think the biggest key for College Station is going to be uh, making Vets a one-dimensional offense, making them uh, be pass-heavy and, and just taking the running game completely away and, and making Durrett into a, a more of a pocket passer. Don't let him get out of the pocket and break contain where he can kind of be a dual threat and, and, kind, of make, and kind of improvise and make plays. I think they, they can do those things. They should come out to win. Well, Burton, they're the third Brazos Valley team left in the playoffs. I think you were the only one from the Dave Campbell's crew to, to roll with Burton in your playoff picks for Region 4. So kudos to you for, for getting that one right. But uh, they're going to have their hands full this Thank Friday against Mark. Thank you for knowing that. <laughs> I, had to go look, I had to go look that up, but uh, I saw that. But, uh, yeah, Burton, they're going to have their hands full this week against Mark. You, you see any possibility that, that the Panthers can pull an upset on, on this perennial power? Yeah, I think if Burton continues to play the kind of defense they've played in the first four round of the playoffs, absolutely. Now, obviously the level of competition this week against Mart is going to go up um, significantly. Uh, this is a Mart team that's won, I think, their four playoff games by over – I think they're won like their last six games by 50 points plus. So, obviously it's scary because they've they come in and they've blown everyone away. But I don't think region – Region 3 is quite as tough as Region 4 is. So I, I think Burton's a little more battle-tested when it comes to the playoffs. So I think with that defense, um, they can keep them in the game. The key for Burton's going to be use the Fall City game plan from last year. And Fall City pulled the upset on Mart. They played tough defense. They, they controlled the clock, moved the football with the running game and limited Mart's possessions. And then the second thing is, Look, if let's you know, let's withstand the mark kind of mark typically just runs out on people really early and they're and it's thirty five nothing with eight minutes left in the second quarter and the game's over, right? I think if you're Burton, if you can hang into this game and make it a game at halftime, how does Mark handle that? Because they haven't been in a lot of close games, so let's put the pressure on Mark and see how they handle adversity in the second half and see if they can handle how they handle playing a close game in the third, third and fourth quarter. That's one thing that Burton has experience on. They've won a couple of close playoff games. They know what it's like to be in close games. I don't think Mark's played a close game since maybe the Centerville game in non-district, I yeah. think, may have been the only really yeah. close game they've had all year. So I, I think that's the key for Burton is let's get this thing to halftime and be close and then see what happens in the second half, see if we can pull the upset. Well, you know, most teams, they're into basketball season by now. But, uh, you know, when, when you look back at, at this season, were there any other Brazos Valley teams that kind of surprised you and what they were able to do? You know, I, the surprises for me in the Brazos Valley were all kind of on the bad side. You know, I, I, I was, you know, with Lexington, I think I had them picked to win the region, and, and they were a disappointment losing in the yeah, after a 10-0 regular season. feeling pretty good about things, and they got beat in the first round. You know, Navasota missing out on the playoffs was kind of a disappointment. And I thought, honestly, A&M Consolidated had a, had a chance to make a deep playoff run. And I thought, you know, I know injuries kind of derailed things for them a little bit, but I, I, I was a little, little disappointed they didn't go further. On the flip side, I think College Station, if you remember when we talked preseason, Alex, I, I, before the Lovejoy game, I was like, I think, I think Lovejoy is going to roll College Station. And they did, but I... I'm impressed with college because after the first week of the season, I kind of dismissed College Station and thought, "Oh well, you know, Marquise Collins is hurt. They got a new head coach. They got blown out by Lovejoy in the first game of the year. They're just going to kind of, you know, not be a team to keep an eye on." And give credit to Stony Pryor and those kids. They've done a heck of a job getting the getting the ship righted. And I think they're they're a surprise on the good end of things because the way they they've bounced back and. and and found found this identity that they have and, and kept it rolling. It, it's really a testament to those kids and that coaching staff. And very impressive, College Station. 
Well, you, you mentioned A&M Consolidated, and big news last Friday, Lee Fedora submitted his resignation to the Tigers. You know, it, from, from your perspective, you're pretty well connected within the coaching community around the state. Is, is this a job that's going to attract statewide candidates, and, and if so, why? Uh, yeah, I've gotten texts from very successful head coaches who are interested in, in the A&M Consolidated job. And I think people are, are very interested in it. I think Consol has tradition. They have good athletes. They have good administrative support. The facilities are, are decent. Um, College Station, I think, for a lot of people is, is a desirable town to live in. You know, it's, it's, it's big enough. You got everything you need right there, but you're, you know, you're you know, an hour from the outskirts of Houston. You're an hour and a half from Waco. You're an hour and a half, two hours from Austin. You're very close to, to a lot of, of amenities, but you're, you're yet it's still a desirable place right there because you don't really have to leave College Station if you don't want to. So I, I think there's a lot of positives for the A&M Consolidated job, and I think um, it is going to attract some statewide interest. And I, I'll be very surprised if, if – I, I would think they, they, if they wanted, they could hire a very successful head coach – potentially with state titles if they want to. That, that, that's the kind of interest they're going to get. Well, we'll leave you with this one. Uh, I know you're a foodie, so you're going to be in San Antonio this weekend. Any spots in San Antonio on your list to eat this weekend? Cougar fans and even myself need to go check out, put on our radar. Oh, man, there's a lot. San Antonio is awesome. First off, number one rule of San Antonio, don't eat on the river walk. <laughs> Agreed. All Touristy chain stuff. Don't go to the Riverwalk and eat. It's a rookie mistake. Don't do that. Um, if you're looking for something quick, there's a South Texas chain. It's called Taco Palenque that I talk about on Twitter all the time. There's a couple of locations in San Antonio. It's open 24 hours. Think of it as a really authentic version of Taco Cabana. It's awesome, quick. You can go through the drive through get you some tacos to go. You won't be disappointed. The, D- the DCTF staff loves Taco Palenque. It's kind of based in the Rio Grande Valley. And they've kind of moved. <clears throat> they've moved north a little bit. They think they got. I know they have a location in Round Rock now, but there's two locations in San Antonio. Highly recommend that for just something quick. If you want something a little more sit downy, um, I love uh, 2M Smokehouse, which is barbecue. I love Big Lou's Pizza. Um, Mexican food, you can just throw a rock anywhere and hit a great Mexican restaurant. If I had to pick one, I would say um, El Chaparral is my favorite. There's a couple of locations in town. The one I go to is off 1604. And then uh, for burgers, you got, you got to go to Chris Madrid's. Chris Madrid's is a, is a great burger spot. So those are all my, uh, those are my, my San Antonio recommendations. Well, Matt, thanks for giving us a few minutes of your day. How can people uh, follow you on Twitter and keep up with your updates from games this week? Uh, yeah, uh, on Twitter, I'll be uh, at Matt underscore Step 817. Step with Matt with two T's, Step with two P's. And, uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be posting on Twitter, TexasFootball.com. Uh, my previews for this week games will be posted, uh, I think, tomorrow. And, yeah, looking forward to, go to going to San Antonio. Will I see you in San Antonio, Alex, or, or, or is Jake going to be there? That, that's the plan. We're, we're, both, we're both planning on being there. So uh, we'll, we'll see you at the Alamo. Oh, wow, game. double coverage. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We got it. We got well, to. Make, so. make... No, go ahead. Oh, no, I, I was done. Sorry. <laughs> okay. No, I was saying, make, make sure you take Jake. Uh, make sure y'all, y'all go to some good spots down there. I, absolutely. Uh, that, is, that is the goal. So, uh, well, Matt, thanks for giving us a few minutes of your day. We'll see you in San Antonio. All right. Y'all be careful. All right. We're... 
Welcome back to the Brazos Sports Preps Cast, everyone. Joined now by Robert Cessna, sports editor of the Eagle. Cease, pretty much biggest news from last week, uh, aside from, you know, some two crazy finishes between College Station and Franklin, was Anum Consolidated coach Lee Fedora. He, he submitted his resignation on Friday. A little bit of surprising, surprising news. He went 57 and 15 in six seasons with the Tigers. They were nine and three this year. His best season at Consol was last season. They were 10 and three with a third round playoff appearance. And uh, Consol run won the outright district title in 2019 and after starting 11 and 0. Yeah, when you look at it, uh, it was a great story. Uh, hero come home. He was wide receiver, obviously, on the team that, uh, you know, Ross Rogers got his start, so to speak. They went, lost to Chapel Hill in the finals. I think that was in 89. It all runs together. Lee was also a great baseball player. I can remember when he played in Little League. And, of course, he goes on to A&M basically as a uh, football, uh, football player, but playing some baseball. And then, of course, went to baseball all the way. Maybe I got that reversed. But, of course, College World Series, third baseman. Uh, ball hit his tooth, whatever, you know, couldn't play. Then he came back and played. Uh, and at that time, that was the last game they won until last year. But but I guess but just a great story because he'd won at Navasota, coming home six years, as you mentioned, never did not make the playoffs. And then all of a sudden we're all sitting here on Friday, hey, Lee Fedora has resigned. And, of course, you're never going to hear the true story on both sides because it's like nobody wins when you start throwing mud up against the deal. So you got to kind of have to read the tea leaves. And it's been there for several times. And it's hard in a multi – when you got a school district with multi-schools, it's hard to treat all the schools alike – and then somebody gets something that somebody doesn't. And uh, Lee has proven to be a winner. And obviously there was some conflict there. Now, I, I do not know where the conflict was. All I know is there's no way he just walked out of the door on his own. Yeah, I mean, he won two state championships at Navasota. He's got over 200 career wins. I mean, to be a Hall of Fame coach, there's kind of two main criteria. Win 200 games, win a state championship. He's got both. And, and as I'll preface this, is both of them will go on to be winners. I'm talking about AM Consolidated High School slash College Station and Lee Fedora. Just didn't work out. You look at all the deals. Obviously, there's a different superintendent from when Lee came back. There's also a different AD since Lee came back. Uh, College Station is much different since Lee came back in a way. You know, you look at it what Steve Huff has done, and then he left on, uh, what Stoney Pryor has come on and continued. Here's my deal. Schools can never be treated alike, but yet they are. It's, it's tough because you can't tell me that Consolidated and College Station are equal in everything. It just, it's, it's a tough situation. I feel for the coaches. I feel for, I feel for the people who have to make those decisions because you do have to treat all people equal. Bottom line is they're both winners. They will continue to win, but somewhere else – uh, if it doesn't work out, get it over with. It's, it's like when you hear your parents might be getting divorced or your best friends that you hang around with are getting divorced, and you say, "Don't ha- that shouldn't happen, that shouldn't happen, whatever. They just couldn't get along. You know, it, it's just the way life goes, and sometimes a split will do them good. And everybody, oh, man, everybody's called me and text, what happened, what happened, what happened to Lee, what happened to, you know, was it, was it Martindale, was it, was it the new super, was it the new, uh, you know, AD, uh, what, what's the deal? Everybody wants to know the true story. True story's not going to come out, folks. 
The facts are they're gone. Lee's gone. College State, A&M Consolidated slash College Station SID will have to move on. It's easy for me to say they both will be winners, but to what degree? Because you could say College Station has been a huge winner versus Consolidated. We look on football field, even with Lee coming back. And uh, that's the bottom line. And, and how do you fix that? If you're, in the, you're living in the school boundaries of Consolidated, you're not happy because your team's not getting deep playoff runs. And you had everything gone for you. You had Lee Fedora coming back. You had some good-looking athletes. I thought they'd maybe go a little further than what they did. And that's not a knock on Lee. That, Lee, that just happens. And maybe that was his window. Uh, who knows what's going on. But I, I, I don't think Lee left here entirely on his own. I, I think, you know, if, if things could have worked out, he'd probably like to stay. But then – uh, the school board or whoever's in charge say, you know, we, we probably need to move on. Well, you know, uh, you, you, you expect him to be coaching high school football next season? To, don't know where? You know, and uh, all this is speculation because we don't know anything. You know, we people do not want to talk off the record, whether it be somebody in the school board or whether it be Martindale or whatever, because you've got a lot of things involved in this. I do expect him to be coaching. Why? Because he's already set out one year. Say what you will, none of us are getting any younger except you. And I think if Lee loves to coach, he's already proven that, whether it's Waco Robinson, whether it's Rogers, whether it's Navasota, he was born to coach. So I don't think he'll set out another year, and it's way too early to speculate. You could say, oh, Caldwell's open, Rockdale's open. He won't have to go far. Maybe that could be true. Or maybe he wants – I would think, you look at his track record, he's going to go somewhere where he can win and avoid whatever pitfalls he had at A&M Consolidated. Well, the question here locally now is where does Consol go from here? Because the job was posted Friday, and unlike College Station last year, it's, it's not internal only. So statewide applicants or even out-of-state applicants can apply. Any, any names to – keep an eye on is is this a lucrative job for those seeking to come here it's a 5a job people have won here before uh ross rogers once again is now you look at the two schools since they've split and in two schools who's won college station you look at the records not even close why is that and i i think if you are living in college station on bias or you're in the school board on bias if you're steve martindale I think you got to ask your Mike uh, Mike Mike Martin. Martin. I was going to say I was thinking of Steve Martin. We were hey, wild and crazy guy. Well, that's me. But I think you've got to ask yourself why is College Station winning, giving everything equal in, in Consolidates not? And uh, I think it's it's a huge hire. Anytime you're in a win a multi school school, it's a huge hire because College Station didn't miss a beat. Okay, why is that? Uh, you think coaching does matter. Steve Huff is playing in the state semifinals for Decatur. Coaching does matter. Uh, I think uh, Stoney Price done a great job, and he did a great job when he was assistant consolidated. It's just not by chance. Just saying you're going to open it up doesn't mean you're going to get a better play. Ray Cavanaugh probably is, is very qualified. He's on staff, and I'm probably missing somebody else, but it's off the top of my head. Uh, he had – Lee had head coaches in the waiting. That was a Ross Rogers theme. His coaches were good enough to be head coaches. It's all about Martindale and the AD, whoever making the right call. And uh, you're right. I don't think you just say, oh, we're going to just bump somebody up. This is an important hire. 
Because everybody's going to look, hey, Lee Fedora left or whatever. It didn't work out. He was averaging nine and a half, ten wins a game a year. So what do we have to do? And, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, Shannon Hall. former. There's consolidated people out there that have gone on and, and are assistant coaches or head coaches. Do you want to go that route? Brian tried that with Bobby Villard. It didn't work out. Sometimes, you know, it's great coming home, but only to get kicked out again. The question is not should they stay in-house or should they go out. They just need to make the right call. Well, it uh, doesn't sound like that's going to happen this week or maybe even next right. week. I think <laughs> it might be a little bit down the line. They already said early spring and – uh, their statement last week from Mike Martindale, you know, you always got to look at the school board ma- dates and meetings because that's when those kinds of things are approved and discussed. So maybe looking at a January, maybe even an early February hire uh, could be down the road. And don't forget, A&M always plays into this as well. You could have somebody wanting to come back home and Aggie goes, well, you know, I'll go back there. I, I'm, I'm ready to retire. Uh, I, I have a good coach. I don't know who this is. I want to go back and consolidate and coach a while. You know, my wife, my kids want to go back, whatever. Uh, there's a lot of possibilities. So I think if you're College Station Independent School, you have to look at all the options, what's out there. Sometimes you can get a steal and get somebody you don't know. Brian got uh, somebody who has got a state title in Ricky Tullis. They feel they've got the foundation to something that will be bigger. We'll wait and see. You know, he made the playoffs this year, but – once again, what's, what's the proof in the pudding three, four years down the line? And I think that's going to be the same no matter who uh, College Station hires, but we're all anxiously awaiting because when you do the pecking order right now, Ryder just hasn't proven it yet. So you're looking at Bryan, College Station, and Consolidated in this community. Who leads? Who's the bell cows? Those are your three bell cows. And uh, it's all football leads. So this is a huge hire. Well, Cease, before we let you go, What's what stood out to you this this playoff run in, in the in the Brazos Valley this year? Oh, a lot of things. Number one, Franklin doing it again. Anytime you got the bullseye on your back, can you do that a second year? They lost a lot of guys last year, and I understand Rice Washington. I haven't seen him play. Followed him closely, obviously typing stats into whatever. Washington is a real deal. Jackson's come on; he's a real deal. That's just hard to do, and they played a tough schedule. Uh, when you look at what they've done, you looked at what Burton did, and you always talk about winning. I feel bad for Centerville. Centerville had a really good team, bad bracket. Uh, Brenham should have taken advantage. Brenham could still be playing. Brenham could be playing for a, a state championship because the bracket's weak. And sometimes it's not how good you are, how good everybody else is. But you asked me, College Station, I never thought College Station would go once Collins went out. I'm saying Collins, a new coach. Uh, region uh, three or two, whatever, you know, it doesn't matter whether two or three, a lot of times they're, they're uh, interchangeable. But if you'd told me the night, the t- day I heard that Collins wasn't coming back after losing Huff, after losing Carnes, after losing offensive linemen, defensive players, and you told me that College Station would be a favorite going into the state semifinals, I'd say, what are you smoking or what are you drinking? So that's kudos to those kids, the coaches, and the same thing at Franklin. This is when it matters. When you get to the quarters and on, you get statewide attention because even people up in Amarillo go, wow, College Station's in the playoffs again. Wow, Franklin's in the playoffs. Just like we're there. Oh, Decatur's in the playoffs. Oh, China Springs tough. When you're here, you get that attention. It's hard with so many teams gone to the playoffs because they're diluted. We get that. 
Let's give everybody a medal. But when you get down to the quarterfinals, there's very few medals left. So you get to the quarterfinals, whoever you are, pat yourself on the back and feel good about life. Well, here's the golden question, Cease. How many of the three remaining teams are going to be playing for a state title next week, in your opinion? Well, uh, doing enough st uh, research, it's actually not going to be a cakewalk for College Station or Franklin. Uh, I mean, I usually see Edna, you don't think much. Corpus schools, but they, they look at who they played, what they've done. Uh, poor Burton, Mart, you know, Mart, Mart could probably beat the L.A. Rams right now with the way they're struggling. So poor Bert, Burton. They might be hurting in Burton come Saturday morning, which I hate because Jason Hody, great guy, great program. What he did carrying on for Coach Smith, you love those small communities that live and die with their coaches, with their players, a la Franklin. And, you, you know, that's what, that's what Americana and Texas high school football is about. The Franklins of the world, the Burtons of the world, uh, and even the Marts of the world, and you just run into a bigger moccasin. But to answer your question, I think it's going to be tough for College Station. I think they're toss-ups and uh, College Station and Franklin. But it makes victory that much more sweeter. Burton, I don't want to do doom. I, I hope Hody gets to call me and say, you were talking out your butt again, Cessna. We went up there. We shocked the world. We beat uh, uh, Mart. I hope that's the case. But, man, every year, you know, when high schools was the only thing I did, I felt lost if I come to this week and there was nothing to cover. Nothing's worse than be eating it as a sports writer, eating Thanksgiving dinner and knowing you're not covering a high school team this week because that's where it's at. Well, Cease, thanks for giving us a few minutes every day. We appreciate you coming on, sharing some insight. Well, I'm not going to apply for the consolidated job, even though I had two daughters be trainers there. Uh, you know, they, just, they said uh, they, 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 they're looking for a fresh start. We'll see if Tuggles can give it to them. All right, we'll be back here in a minute wrapping out this episode of the podcast. Hey, look at this guy. It's Jake Weiss. He's back. Jake, I thought we lost you for a minute. Uh, <laughs> so we're back. Jake, we got one more game to discuss. Burton, they're going to have their biggest test yet this week against Mart. You know, we were, la we were last week, Jake. We were just raving about that Burton defense, that Red Dead defense, man. <laughs> but uh, now the Panthers, they got to prove themselves. they got to face perennial power Mart this week in the, the 2A Division II state semifinals. Yeah, but, uh, you know, credit to Burton's defense. You know, we raved about the Red Dead. I like that you came up with that. I like that you kept that going. Uh, the Red Dead defense, you, you raved about it last week. And I think we still should talk about it this week a little bit because, uh, man, against Granger, they were the real deal. Um I actually took my notes here, folks, because a lot happened for the defense. So I want to make sure that I, uh, you know, get it all in there. I want to mention it all. Uh, Burton had only allowed 95 yards, a total offense, two Granger, uh, three fumble recoveries, two interceptions. Uh, I will admit some of that might have been because of the weather. It was real wet. Uh, I drove, I covered the Burton game uh, pretty much the whole drive from Bryan to uh, Bastrop. It rained the whole time. Uh, not like super hard, but, you know, kind of just consistent. You know, a little drizzle, so I'm sure that helped on the mm -hmm. field. And talked, heard, overheard some people talking who, who went down to the field at various points throughout the game, and they said the same thing. Hey, it's wet. So, I mean, that might have been a factor, but, man, defense looked great. I mean, like I said, five total takeaways. And, you know, Burton put up 27 points in that game. Uh, all four of their scores were set up by takeaways. Um, 
So, I mean, just every time the defense, I mean, they the only one they couldn't capitalize on was their very first takeaway. But after that, the offense just went to work after the defense did its job. Um, Delvin Gant, who plays defensive back and wide receiver, they put him in at running back a little bit as well. Uh, he had two interceptions on the night. Both of the interceptions for Burton were his. Uh, he also had two rushing touchdowns, including one that I think we might have to put up on the on the screen. All right, let's uh, put it up on the screen. Yeah, I was very impressed. It was on a fake field goal. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to rewatch this Here, again. T tell us about it a little bit. I will, yeah. I'll lead up to it. Um, just it was a fourth down. It was pretty much right before the break. Uh, once again, Delvin gets an interception. Uh, Burton comes back on offense. Quickly just drive down the field. I want to say it was like 35 seconds uh, until the half. It's like fourth and six. They set up for a field goal. I was fully just expecting a field goal. I mean, it, it fooled me. I was up in the box and fooled. And then all of a sudden, uh, you'll see here in the clip, they pitch it to Delvin, and then he just he just takes off. So enjoy the clip. <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly a big win for Burton last week. Uh, you know, they're definitely going to have their hands full this Friday, though, against – or excuse me, this it's a Thursday game, isn't it? It's, yeah, it is. It's a Thursday in round game, rock, yep. so – Mart, they've won eight state championships. Quarterback Jonah Ross, running back J.D. Bell, they're a lethal duo, Jake. They've combined for 86 touchdowns this year. And here's the deal. Mart, not only can they throw the ball, they can go tempo two, which is really big at the 2A level, especially in Division II. That's it's just really not something you see a lot of down at that level. So, you know, it, it, it might take a perfect game for, for Burton to come away with the win, Bart's really only been challenged one time this year. They they got away with a 21-20 win over Centerville back in non-district. So uh, I don't know if Coach Hody's throwing on the film to see what the Tigers did to <laughs> slow them down there. But, you know, you mentioned how last week they scored off four turnovers every single time. That's definitely probably going to be a recipe for success this week. Going to have to find a way to to create some opportunities to, to take some points away from Mart. Yeah, and on offense, too, uh, Burton really kind of did it by committee, too. Um Delvin Gant was in the backfield. Uh, Pearson Spies was in the backfield. Uh, Tyrone Gilman, who plays on the defensive line, uh, he actually led the way for their offense. Um, it's funny, the PA guy at uh, Bastrop gave him the nickname, the Bulldozer. So I'm not sure if you're listening to Ty Tyrone Gilman, but uh, if you like that nickname, we'll keep it going because I enjoyed it uh, in the box. But, uh, yeah, he had 20 carries, 144 yards, uh, touchdown two. He pretty much picked up most of their yards on offense, too. That was the crazy thing. Like, I kept waiting for him to, you know, break one into the end zone and then breaks free on, like, a 17-yard uh, touchdown run. So it'll be interesting to see if they kind of keep doing it by committee there or if they just, like, pick one of these backs to just lean on and, you know, kind of carry the load here against Mart. Well, Jake, I think we've covered just about everything this week. Uh, it's a big week for the Brazos Valley. See which teams can – can try and move on in advance to to the bit, the grand finale up at AT&T Stadium next week. Yeah, it should be a good week. Uh, Action-packed week. Should be fun. All right. Well, hey, thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Be sure to check TheEagle.com for all of our coverage of high school football here in the Brazos Valley. For Jake Weiss, I'm Alex Miller. We'll see you hopefully next week on the Brazos Sports Prepscast.